In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. What a rough week it had been for Jonah. First, God tapped him on the shoulder and gave him an unthinkable mission. He was supposed to travel about 500 miles into the heart of the capital of Assyria, Israel's ruthless oppressors, and he was supposed to preach God's word. But you see, Jonah was on to God. He knew what this was all about, and he wanted no part of it. But when he jumped on a boat to travel as far away as he could in the opposite direction, God just wouldn't leave him alone. He would track him down, battering his ship with a Cat 5 storm that put the fear of God into a gaggle of hardened pagan sailors. They cast him into the sea. They repented of their sins. But Jonah still had a ways to go, both spiritually and literally. And God would have just the right thing in mind for Job, a fish. Now in Jonah's case, we can say that God repented him. He repented or turned him so hard that Jonah was left with no option but to cry out from the belly of that scaly, slimy beast. And that's what chapter 2 is all about. He prayed that the God who had sent both the tempest and the fish would now send his salvation and rescue. And that was good enough for God. And this is where our Old Testament reading picks up today. Jonah finds himself in the same place that he was before with the same job, but a new beginning, now covered in fish guts and vomit as a reminder that it didn't need to go down that way. But now Jonah, at least for the moment, was a usable instrument in God's hand. There was going to be no flirting with judgment this time. Jonah was going to go into that great city and he was going to say exactly what God wanted him to say and that was that. Speak the words that I give to you, said God to Jonah. Something that we don't see in the story is it actually takes about a month and a half by caravan to get to Nineveh from where Jonah was. Hopefully he had a chance to bathe along the way. But even if he didn't, he had been washed by God. It was the hard way, to be sure. He was thrown into the water. He baptized in the sea. He was swallowed by the fish, dead in its belly. And now suddenly he had a second crack at this thing. Makes me think that we might try out a new mode of baptism sometime. But God repented him. For the moment, he was walking in the newness of life, however stubbornly. And when he got to the city, he did exactly what God told him to do. He called out against them, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's all we're told that he preached. He very likely had More to say, he very likely said a a lot more words, more elaborate throughout the city, but that was the core of it. That was the guts of it, or the fish guts. What a strange time it had been for Nineveh. It was a great city in God's mind, but it was experiencing somewhat of a downturn. 
They were enemies of Israel, their neighbors to the southwest, but they had to leave them alone for the moment to deal with some issues. There was widespread famine throughout the land. The government was so decentralized that it had led to several revolts and rebellions in the empire. A bizarre solar eclipse had occurred and thrown the city into a tizzy. What was that all about? And now, a stranger was approaching their city. Imagine what they were thinking, because they likely had this guy scouted from miles away. An Israelite? Why is he coming to our city? Is it to boast and to gloat over our recent misfortunes? To rub our noses in it? Why does he look so filthy? But oddly enough, the Ninevites permitted him to enter the city. And what that conversation was like at the border checkpoint, we'll never know. But somehow they allowed him to pass through without incident so that this stranger could take his place with an earshot of several citizens so that he could climb up on a soapbox, a milk crate, a dais, whatever would pass for a pulpit, and so that he could preach. Proclaim, shout, call out against the whole city. This man was not here to gloat. He was here to warn. Something worse than a Cat 5 storm was coming. The judgment of the God of all creation. Could that be what all these omens were about? That this God of Israel is also the God over all creation? That he controls the winds and the waves, he controls the animals, he controls the crops and the dry land? That even the sun and the stars do his bidding? And we are at odds with him? Don't miss the surprise of the story. Somehow, those graceless words from a total stranger had their effect. We're not given any indication that Jonah was rhetorically crafty or that he was eloquent. He didn't take homiletics classes at Concordia Seminary. And we almost certainly, uh, we, we would not have liked his podcast. I can tell you that. We're not even told that he promised them deliverance or that he gave them any good news. We're left with the impression that he mostly preached the just and righteous condemnation of human sin. The Ninevites heard a simple message. They had 40 days to live and they had better get their act together. And it worked. They repented and they repented hard. They repented so hard that it went all the way up to the king. He called for everyone, everyone, men, women, and children, and animals to put on sackcloth and ashes, to turn from their evil ways, to fast for 40 days. Everyone turn from your evil. Maybe, maybe God would be merciful. You see, he wasn't sure he didn't know God's preference. He had to wait 40 days to find out. 
It was a satisfying time for God. He had gotten what he wanted all along. That great city had turned from its evil ways. He did not have to go through with his righteous judgment. And that was pleasing to him. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, he relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Other translations say, God repented. Now, we normally don't use that term for God because it can be confusing. You know, humans are supposed to be the ones doing the repenting, but think about it. God repented. God turned. God changed his mind. That's what repenting is. He turned away from what he did not want to do so that he could do what he always wanted to do, which was show mercy. That is God's preference. To show mercy. That's what he wants. What about his dealings with Jonah? He preferred not to send a Cat 5 storm to do the job. We know that because he eventually he relented. The storm stopped. He preferred not to send the giant fish. We know because he relented and the fish vomited him out. What was it all for? So that God may gain his son and use him to bring an entire city to repentance. Even as obstinate, as hard-headed, and as difficult as Jonah would be in chapter 4, God would not give up on him. Because God's preference is what Job knew all along. Chapter 4, he's throwing a pity party. But he says, I knew that you were a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. That's why he didn't want to go in the first place. God's preference was not to send the storm nor the fish, but he used them so that he may show mercy. God's preference is always to show mercy. Jonah knew and he had to relearn and he had to experience God's preference. The people of Nineveh eventually came to know God's preference Ezekiel chapter 33, As I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. He doesn't get a kick out of pouring out wrath. He does so for the sake of his justice. But his wrath is not a central attribute of his character. His wrath is in response to something that is evil, something that is wicked. It's always in response to human sin. Before evil came into the world, there was no wrath. But God delivers threats and warnings, all of which are very real, for the sake of his mercy. Because that's the part of his character that he delights to reveal. And you can say that he repents people, he turns them so that he may be merciful to them. So that he himself may turn away from wrath and anger and that he may extend steadfast love and mercy. 
It's an opportune time for you. The preaching of Jonah carries forth into our time as well. In our gospel reading, we heard Jesus take a similar approach to preaching in Galilee. Only he wasn't covered in fish guts. He said, repent and believe in the gospel. The call to repent is to say, change your mind, or better yet, have your mind changed about what you're doing. Turn from your wickedness, your works of darkness, your idolatry, your lust, your pride, your selfish ambition. Scripture teaches us on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. He's not going to look the other way. He does not wink at sin. He does not say, it's not a big deal. In fact, it's so serious that it moves him to do what he would prefer not to do. Condemn. So turn from these things and live. Because it's God's delight to show you mercy. When we consider Jesus' message of repentance, it is like Jonah's. However, there is a key difference. Not only should we repent, but also believe the gospel. In other words, turn from your wickedness and trust in something. Trust in the good news that for the sake of Christ, you do not have to guess at God's preference. The gospel is proof positive that he will be merciful to you. He will have compassion and clothe you with his steadfast love. He will receive you as his own child, just as he did the Ninevites, just as he even did with Jonah, kicking and screaming as he might have been. Here's the thing. The Ninevites had to wait 40 days to find out whether God would judge them or not. They had to await their verdict. In verse 9, the king said, Who knows? They didn't know. But you know. You don't have to wait another second. You know, here and now, what God's verdict is for you. He has given it to you in a sign. It hasn't come through political turmoil, or, or through a crazy solar eclipse like in Nineveh, Jesus said, For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. He taught that Jonah's journey into death and resurrection for three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish was a foreshadowing of what he would do for us. He went to the cross where God poured out his just and righteous wrath against the sins of all humanity, against your sins. Those sins that he cannot wink at, those sins that he will not look away from. And there, Jesus absorbed every ounce of justice so that God could give to you what he always wanted to give his steadfast love, and his mercy. Jesus is the greater Jonah, who was in the tomb for three days and three nights, and you were there with him. You were baptized into that death, Romans 6. 
the earth vomited up the body of Jesus on Sunday morning, and you were raised with him. You can say that God repented you. So continue daily in that repentance, dying to sins, raising and walking in the newness of life with which Christ won for you. Because when Jesus came out of the tomb, he was not covered in in fish guts. He was not covered in your sins, but he was clothed in the robe of immortality, which he has now clothed you with. There's no condemnation left for you. Therefore, turn from your evil ways, which bring destruction upon you. This is Paul's whole thing in Romans chapter 6. He says, shall we go on sinning all the more? Like we who have been baptized? No, that's unthinkable. It doesn't make sense. You have died. God has repented you. So we repent daily. We turn from sins. We trust in the mercy of our Savior. And we know that's not a one-shot deal, right? That's not something that you did a long time ago and that you've moved on from. That is a daily reality. Indeed, that's why you're here, is to turn from sins and receive the mercy of your Savior. Every day we turn, or better, we are turned. We turn towards Him in faith because God promises us something far greater than just a great city. He promises us the kingdom of God. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give it to you. In fact, I would say that it's His preference. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit,